Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. The Libertarian candidate for county executive. I pressed the wrong button. That's on me. Uh, Dwayne Whitmer. Dwayne, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Dwayne, uh, for people out there who uh, are not familiar with you, uh, discuss your candidacy. Why did you uh, throw your hat into the race? Yeah, so I started um, in politics back in 2018 when I realized uh, the world's going to crap, and I realized that government's behind most of it. So uh, why I decided to run for county executive was I was sitting home one day, and I see you know, Mark Polenkar is the incumbent. He's been there for 12 years, and he's going to tell certain successes. But really, um, when you talk to people, no one's doing better off or happier than they were 12 years ago, unless they have a government job or involved in the political class. And uh, you have the GOP candidate who wasn't a big fan of. I don't think she's the best candidate. Um, Didn't feel that there's a good system in place to pick the candidate. And I see you got the GOP and the Dems as, as two warlords fighting over the, the political jobs program where they can appoint and hire their friends and their donors to jobs. Um, but the real world, the private sector is lagging behind, especially with small businesses, especially with you know people starting their own business. And uh, I decided to get the 1,500 signatures kind of late in petitioning. And went out in Chittawaga, West Seneca, and Hamburg, and, and met people, got their signatures, and realized that a lot of people are upset with what's going on, and they just don't know what to do. Um, I got screamed at a couple times in Chittawaga because people were just so bent out of shape and, and just frustrated with how the system works. Uh, you know, they owned a small business that got shut down during COVID. They never recovered. Um, you know, they live in Chittawaga. Their taxes are astronomically through the roof, and they can't afford their, their property tax bills. And, you know, there, there's people that are frustrated and deserve, you know, they deserve a way to vent their frustrations through a different party and an independent candidate who isn't fighting for, for control of the jobs program to enrich their friends and, uh, you know, kind of leave everyone else behind. And, and lastly, uh, the big thing was the whole stadium deal was kind of a, a, a nail in the coffin because we, uh, New York State stole $500 million from the Seneca's to give to the Pagulas so they can buy a bigger yacht under the guise of, you know, the stadium deal. And I think that you see a lot of economy, big business propped up through corporate welfare, but really no support for small businesses and the, the, the working class and the working people. So I, I figured they should have someone who could run and vent their frustrations as best as possible.
You know, the one thing you mentioned uh, was government, you know, you're not doing better off unless you have a government job. Is that one of your your main things is to maybe downsize county government? Yes, downsize it greatly. Um, A study just came out that the Buffalo News published where it says uh, the economy of Buffalo and Western New York is lagging 10 behind 10 percent behind the rest of the country. And that's because currently, if you look if you look at who's doing the best, they seem to have government jobs or getting government state funded paychecks. Uh, the economy is doing great for them because they never miss a paycheck. You know, the government will print more money to make sure they're paid. But I own an accounting practice. I, I, I you know, I've never been an elected official. I'm not going to pretend I have. But, um, you know, I own an accounting firm and we specialize in dealing with small businesses, startups, people starting their own business. And um, we're losing clients left and right every day in the news. You see, uh, uh, you know, this restaurant shut down, unsuspe- you know, unknowingly and, and, and just suddenly this restaurant shut down. Suddenly this business shut down. This business is holding layoffs. And, uh, yeah, downsizing the size of government it would be a great start to cut spending and uh, allowing people to keep more of their tax dollars in their pocket. You know, Erie County's government is uh, budgets like $1.7 billion. Uh, that's a lot of money being spent on subpar services and uh, subpar organizations. Dwayne, you know, when people hear libertarian, they think ah, that's it's very close to the conservative party. That's very close to the Republican Party as it stands today. Uh, where are they wrong? Um, I don't I left the GOP years ago. I don't know what the Republican Party stands for today. I don't believe the Republican Party is a real organization that does anything other than tell you to vote for people like Rob Ort so then he can support uh, the lockdowns and support the body armor ban, but then come out and say he didn't support them. Uh, the GOP's lost enough enrollees that they're now technically a third party in the, in the state because they're behind people who don't want to be affiliated with a party. Um, and the GOP's response to that was to take Nick Langworthy and promote him to Congress. Um, I don't view the GOP as anything other than controlled opposition, and it's their job to get a handful of people elected so they can have control of the jobs. They, they can appoint people to the Board of Elections. Uh, they can appoint people to the Water Authority. They can appoint people to various positions and really just say that they're upset with not doing anything in practicality. Um, you see this with you know the people that don't want the wind turbines in Erie County and the Lake Erie. And the GOP's response is, well, just vote for the GOP. Well, they're not winning. They haven't won a statewide race since 2005. Uh, They're not getting bills passed. Uh, A bunch of them came out in support of the lockdowns and and giving Andrew Cuomo executive power to do whatever he wanted during COVID. Um, They're more of a a bump. They're a speed bump, not a barrier to what's going on. And there are ulterior ideas and and ulterior things you can do that involve I guess, doing better, and they just don't want to do it. Their response is just, well, just vote Republican, vote Republican, vote Republican. Um, Where the LP, you know, we don't have a whole lot of wins, but we have ideas that can be used uh, to prevent uh, massive tyranny, I guess. And so we we do have a lot of difference when it comes to policy. The GOP solution is, you know, put them in charge, and they have a government solution. 
the Libertarian Party often believes that, you know, communities have the ideas and, and more community support and more privatized solutions would be a better a better system. So let's go through some of the, the, the bigger issues now here in the county. I mean, you've you've mentioned one of the big ones, and that's, you know, the jobs, small business obviously affected uh, during the pandemic. But we also have the migrant situation uh, that's taken a lot of the headlines. If you were county executive, how would you have handled that? And if you were thrown into the situation it is now, how would you handle it? So I'm going to take a weird approach and I'll explain it. I would stop all migrants coming to Erie County right now. And it's not because I don't want them here because then they're going to say, well, if you don't want them here, you're racist. We're a country built on immigration. I'm not denying that. Why I would stop the migrants from coming here right away is I don't believe the government has the best intentions at heart. And I don't believe the government is the best system to handle this. Um, To prove this and to explain why my logic is here is uh, one of my associates was able to interview a migrant staying at the Dingen Hotel. And the conditions he described and the situation he described was essentially, if he talks to media, they're getting deported. If they try to talk to an immigration attorney, they're getting deported. They're essentially prisoners in the hotel. And um, if you analyze what's going on, I can say this professionally as an accountant, it's government-sponsored human trafficking and money laundering, where they're taking tax dollars and allocating it to private companies under the guise of helping these people, but really, like I said earlier, enriching those political class jobs. Um, a lot of people are making a lot of money um, in this situation, and uh, it's kind of sad to see. I think there's a humanitarian crisis with what's going on in these places because they're essentially prisoners. Uh, one thing, for example, is uh, we were told if they need medical care, they have to go to where they entered, which is New York City. So if they need medical care, they have to go to New York City, but they can't drive there because they don't have a license. So how do they get to New York City? Um, there's a lot of questions that haven't been answered. I think what happened was the government used them as a photo op. And now that they're here and they got their photo op, they don't care what happens. I, I compare this to, imagine if they took, I, I speak English in very, very bad Spanish. Imagine if they took me and a bunch of people and put us in a, a low-income area, you know, a hard, a, a, a you know, downtrodden area in France, and said, "Hey, you're on your own. You know, we're not going to succeed. We're setting these people up for failure." And what makes it even worse is, up until recently, I don't believe anything was passed. I think Kathy Hochul is still fighting with the federal government on this. They're not allowed to work. So even let's be let's be hyperbolic here and say every person coming here is a doctor and wants to open a a medical practice, they can't work. Federal law prohibits them from even working. They can't better themselves. So they're stuck in this weird limbo of, well, you're here, but what do you do? But you can't work, but you're stuck. And it's it's a crisis of, we're we're allowing these people to come here so politicians can look good. But then as soon as the cameras go away, they're on their own. They're, They're destined to fail. They're facing so many, you know, almost impossible odds to have a successful life that it's, it's embarrassing that this is what the country and government is doing. So I would, I would help them until someone, anyone can provide me a, a, a competent, decent plan that allows these people to experience any form of success and integration. Right now, you're just uh, letting these people exist for, for what? And it's, it's, sad for them. I mean, they're, they're human beings. They're living, breathing human beings. And to see them treated this way by our government is, it's not, 
surprising for someone like me who has zero faith in the government to act competently, competently, pardon me, but it's still disappointing that this is what is happening. So that's, that's what I would do at this time is, is, is put a pause on it and stop them until somebody, anybody can provide me a plan of what happens next. Uh, COVID was, was another thing during this administration's um, last term. And if you had been county executive in 2020, how would you have handled the county operations during the pandemic? The first thing I would have done was explain to people that the government does only a handful of things well. Tax things, lock people up, bomb people in brown countries, and um, you know, issue permits. Uh, a lot of people when COVID hit were afraid because they didn't know what was going to happen. And that's common. So they looked at the government for guidance. Um, so the government's reaction was to lock everything down, which if you analyze that with a, with a common sense, you know, planning, it's not going to stop anything because you can't lock everyone down. Just people can't do it. People can't afford to buy a month's worth of groceries in one sitting. You know, people can't afford to, uh, you know, do, you know, spend a lot of money in groceries. People have certain things that, you know, involve them. People need help, whether it's you know, mental health, uh, physical help, you need doctors, you need stuff. So uh, the lockdowns, I think, were good uh, to kind of trick people that the government had it under control. And I think COVID exposed that there's this blanket belief that if you elect someone or you vote for someone or someone has a government badge or a government title, that they're immediately more qualified than you. They're instantly more capable than you. They're instantly, you know, given some authority over your life or some belief that they're more common sense, you know, they're more knowledgeable because, well, he's got a government laminated name badge. He's more knowledgeable than we are. And I think COVID exposed that that's not the case. I also think that the, uh, the Buffalo storm showed that case as well. And I think what I would have done differently was uh, putting the onus on people to have better common sense. Um, look, my firm stayed open all throughout COVID and no cases were, were traced back to my, my company. We stayed open. You know, we interacted with people. Um, I attended rallies. I attended um, a lot of stuff during COVID and I, I, I didn't get COVID till late and I got it from actually, uh, uh, I got it somewhere else. I didn't get it anywhere related to a rally or a lockdown. I actually got it from a, uh, a place that forced me to you know, wear a mask and, and stay six feet apart and I still got COVID from there. So. You know, I think that explaining to people that the general belief that the government will take care of you in any situation, in any crisis, is, is a fallacy, and, and putting the onus on people to take care of themselves and each other, kind of bringing, you know, common sense and, you know, uh, compassion back. You know, I saw during COVID the worst of people where um, I live in Hamburg, and I remember reading the Hamburg News on Facebook, and people were calling 911 on their neighbors uh, because the kids were playing outside without masks on. And I think we just, we kind of saw the worst of humanity and the worst of, you know, people during that time where I don't know if it was fear, I don't know if it was anger, I don't know if it was jealousy, um, where people wanted to use government to force others to do what they wanted. And uh, as far as what would it have done differently is I wouldn't have sent, you know, the sheriff to businesses to shut them down. I wouldn't have sent, you know, uh, the lockdown. Here's an example. Uh, during COVID, he shut down. If you're a if you're a landscaping company, you can you can go and do maintenance, but you can't do improvements. So you can mow the yard, but you couldn't leave mulch. 
Well, you're already there, and your landscaper doesn't come in contact with the homeowner. So, you know, people started to question the, the ridiculousness of the rules. And then when they realized that uh, it was going south, they just, oh, we're going we're gonna to open the Bill Stadium again. So, you know, you can't have five people at your house for Thanksgiving, but we're going to pack 60,000 people at the Bills game. And why did they do that? Well, it's because, you know, morale was down, and they wanted to use the Bills as this kind of like the Bills Stadium. Uh, you know, you live in a, in a struggling area, so let's use the Bills as bread and circuses and, and dupe people to think everything is okay and get their minds off what's going on. And I, I'm not a big fan of what that, what that does and, what, you know, what's going on with that. So I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have locked down as, as what I'm getting at, I guess. Dwayne, you know, uh, the Libertarian Party, uh, I know, uh, where is, what's the state of that in New York State in 2023? So, the Libertarian Party, I am the chair of the Erie County Libertarian Party, and I'm the vice chair of the state. We still exist. There's about twenty-five to 30,000 of us enrolled Libertarians in the state. Uh, we actually just got some bad news. Uh, when you talk about elections and, and, you know, fair and free elections that everyone likes to use, uh, the two parties do a good job of making sure that uh, outside candidates are, are not there. And in 2020, after we got a permanent ballot access, uh, they changed the rules and made it harder for parties to exist. It made it harder for parties to get on the ballot, harder for parties to obtain ballot access, which helps them in running candidates. Uh, we just got news that the Supreme Court will not take our case. Uh, now to obtain ballot access, you gotta get 45,000 signatures to get your candidate on the ballot for governor. And then if that candidate or, pardon me, governor or president, and if that candidate gets 2% of the vote or 160,000 votes, you are granted temporary ballot access um, until the next two years. If you lose it in a, a governor or presidential race, you, you lose ballot access. So in uh, 2020, our candidate didn't get enough votes to maintain party status. So then we had to essentially repetition. And um, it's... Uh, Lee Zeldin tried to get an independent line. He couldn't get on the ballot. He tried for the independent line, couldn't get on. Harry Wilson, who's a uh, wealthy, wealthy individual, could not get on. Uh, the Green Party could not get on. Uh, we could not get on. Um, and so essentially we're still here, but we're trying to rebuild the foundation. Um, we're relying on people who realize that um, voting for the same two parties over and over again has led us to never-ending wars. Um, by all indications, we are in a soft civil war. Um, a lot of people are disappointed and disenfranchised with the system. We need to find them and, and get them active, get them involved, and let them know that um, there are other options. We're just struggling to uh, rebuild and, and you know, kind of regroup after the, the hits we took in the last couple of years. So if someone's listening and says, oh, you know, um, I, I think all parties should have access to the ballot, uh, what do they do? Sign a petition that comes around, vote for that party? Yeah. What, what's the main thing to do to get back on the ballot? So what I did, I'll use myself as an example. What I had to do um, this year was the, the whole ballot access thing would be a whole segment. I mean, most people aren't going to care, but it's a, it's an interesting segment in itself on what parties do to um, alter elections. But so what I had to do was between mid-April and the end of May, I had to get 15,000 or pardon me, 1,500 signatures from any registered voter that lives in Erie County. So um, I did it. Like I said, I focused in Chictawaga, Hamburg, West Seneca, and Buffalo because that's more population-dense areas. 
Um, for our gubernatorial candidate, yeah, we, we, you'd have to sign a petition. Uh, to get on the ballot, you need 45,000 ballot signatures. What happens is usually a political operative challenges the petitions, and you can go through and, um, again, we'll talk about, you know, fair and free elections. If, for example, somebody lives, I live in Lakeview, New York. If I put Lakeview on the petition, my signature and, and, and name is invalid because I technically actually live in Hamburg. So you then have to go through a rigorous challenge method where someone challenges you says, oh, well, they said they live on 18 Main Street, or they said they live on 18 Main. It's really 18 Main Street. They left off street. This is an invalid signature. You know, they kind of nickel and dime and try to get your signatures below the threshold. So really, you need about 60,000 signatures to get on the ballot for governor. And um, it's, uh, it's harder to do because really... Um, there aren't a lot of events in April and May, so you're, you're, you can't really go to fairs or festivals. You can try door to door, but you're at the risk of the weather. And a lot of people just don't answer. You know, I wouldn't, I don't answer. I have a ring camera. I hate to admit it. I have a ring camera. And if someone's at my door that I don't recognize, I don't answer. So it's hard to do the door to door. It's um, like I said, a bunch of people tried it in 2022, including the GOP gubernatorial candidate and a sitting congressman. Um, he actually committed fraud and just photocopied a bunch of signatures, which that, that got thrown out. That's, you can't do that. Um, and so did a, a wealthy individual and another political party. And, and, you know, all of us couldn't make the threshold. So, um, you know, it's tough. Hey, Dwayne, I'm going to do this next week with the, uh, with the other candidates. So I want to give you the chance. Uh, final, you know, final uh, question is just lay out your campaign, last pitch, and uh, we will wrap it up. Yeah. So thanks for having me on. Um, my pitch is simply this. Uh, for, for decades, we've voted for the two parties. And, uh, you know, the Dems control the machine. Poland cards the incumbent's been there for a handful of years. Uh, he controls the machine. He controls the job. He controls the appointees. And uh, things aren't going better. He, he likes to tout a lower tax rate, leaving out the fact that he's only giving you part of the equation. Um, and, you know, you got the GOP candidate who's um, selected because of, you know, her dad helping Nick Langworthy beat Palladino in a primary. And it's just this, this constant and continuous uh, political appointee, political class running and uh, enriching themselves, giving, you know, jobs to their friends, uh, corporate welfare kickbacks to their donors. And, and meanwhile, the actual private sector is, is lagging, especially in the smaller businesses, and I'm here as a as a vote to express the frustration that, you know, the politicians have failed. And uh, that's really why I'm here. I own an accounting practice by trade. I'm used to I'm used to dealing with, you know, supporting small business, talking to small businesses, seeing what they need to succeed and grow. And um, I look forward to supporting uh, not the donors. I don't have an uh, I don't owe anyone any favors. No one got me here. I had to do it myself and with some volunteers. So. I'm going in as a complete independent outsider, which uh, means I don't have any allegiances or any, you know, debts to repay. So that's really why I'm here. Dwayne Whitmer, thank you so much for joining me this morning. Hey, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 